Welcome to the Healthy and Happy Podcast, a workshop-style podcast hosted by yours truly, Julie Boer. I'm a blogger and holistic nutrition coach on a mission to help women live healthier, happier lives and show up as the strongest, most confident version of themselves. In this podcast, we get real about all things nutrition, fitness, and personal development to help you cut through all the BS and transform your body and most importantly, your life. Sound good? Let's dive in. What is up, my loves? Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy and Happy Podcast. Last week, we talked about how to stop feeling guilty for starting over. We navigated getting rid of the feelings of guilt and shame that are associated with maybe starting your fitness journey over again, maybe restarting your health and wellness journey when it comes to nutrition, starting a new relationship, starting a new career, and how to reframe those experiences into more positive ones. But today, I want to talk to you specifically about how to create a healthy lifestyle so that you don't need to keep starting over. I highly recommend you listen to the first episode because I guarantee if you're listening to this podcast, there have been many times in your health and wellness journey that you have started over. Maybe you've been on fad diets, you've hopped around trying keto and paleo, counting macros, tracking your calories, weight watchers, whatever it happens to be. And maybe you've been able to stick to it for a few weeks or a few months, but inevitably life happens, you fall off track, and then you vow to yourself, okay, I'm going to start over again, right when this vacation's over or right when life gets less busy. But we are naive to think that there is a perfect time to do anything. The time is now. And there's a reason that you haven't been able to stick to those fad diets. It's because the systems are designed to make you fail. There's nothing wrong with you if you can't follow an unsustainable way of eating. For example, if you're cutting out whole macronutrients, such as cutting out all fats or all carbs or protein or whatever it happens to be, and you expect that you're going to be able to stick to that for the long term, absolutely not. However, we see these success stories on social media of Aunt Sally who did keto and lost 97 pounds, and that's great for her, but you can't tell me that she's never going to a birthday party again and having a piece of cake. Or even in the case of keto, like she's never going to have a banana again. And I'm probably going to ruffle a few feathers here, but a lot of people don't even do true keto, meaning they eat low carb and not low carb enough to actually put their body into ketosis, which is where you're actually going to get the real benefit. And really what we've seen in the research is that the real benefit of something like a keto diet comes only when it's medically necessary, such as in people with seizures and epilepsy. But for the average person who's just trying to lose a little bit of weight or get a little bit healthier, we do not need to go to drastic measures to cut out a whole macronutrient such as carbohydrates. Especially as women, our bodies need carbohydrates as fuel for our hormones, for our bodily functions, to feel amazing. So if you've ever been in a situation where you have cut something out because you read something online or you saw someone else doing it who had success, there's no shame in that. It's okay to try different things. But what I'm here to teach you is how to eat and how to live a healthy lifestyle in a way that's sustainable so that this is your last stop at the train station. You can get off the diet train for good. You don't have to keep starting over, keep getting back on the train. There is no train. This is your life. And I want you to take this seriously because for as much effort in the past as you've put into these drastic and extreme measures, let's focus our energy and attention on putting the same amount of dedication into figuring this out for good. 
Let's put the same amount of energy and intention into figuring out how to operate that middle ground that's not so black and white, that's not so all or nothing. Because it does require practice, it does require patience. I think the problem people see with intuitive eating or just learning to listen to your body's hunger and fullness cues is A, it's not so black and white. A lot of people just want a meal plan, tell me what to do, and I'll do it. But again, that's not teaching you anything. That's not teaching you how to be sustainable in your habits and in your health. Because the second somebody is not telling you what to eat anymore, how do you know what to eat? You don't. That would be like if you have children, you send them to school with an earpiece for every single one of their tests and you say, okay, honey, here's the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. No, you're going to teach them the alphabet because you want your child to be successful. You want them to learn on their own. And of course we can give our children or people we love so much grace and patience when they're learning a new skill. I know this from experience with a toddler, teaching them how to potty train, teaching them how to eat food, teaching them how to use utensils while he's eating. This all requires so much patience, both for myself and for him. But I give him grace because I'm like, holy cow, he's learning this new skill that he's never tried before can we give ourselves that same grace and patience as we navigate learning to operate in this middle ground between either not giving a shit about our health or becoming so obsessed with it and so restrictive with it that inevitably we fail, beat ourselves up, and then make it mean something about us as a person. If you have failed at a diet, it means nothing about you as a person. It does not mean that you're not disciplined, that you don't care, that you haven't tried hard enough. You're just putting your hope and trust and effort into the wrong things. So today we're going to talk about the right things. What should we be focusing our energy and intention on in your wellness journey so that you don't have to keep starting over? The first thing I want to say is that you're never truly starting over because now you carry experience that you didn't have when you were first starting out. So let's say you have tried all of these fad diets such as keto, paleo, counting macros, whatever. You know more about yourself, what works for you, what doesn't work for you than you did before you tried those things. And if you have failed at something, meaning it wasn't sustainable and you were no longer able to stick to it, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, now you have learned what doesn't work for you in the long term. What a blessing that is. That's amazing that you know that about yourself now, that it doesn't feel good for you to, let's say, never eat a banana again, or let's say intermittent fasting didn't work for you because you genuinely love eating breakfast when you first wake up and that fuels your day. Whatever the case may be, if you look back on your past dieting experiences, you know more about yourself, about your habits, and probably about nutrition than you did before. You can reflect on your dieting experience or your health and wellness journey and ask yourself, where is the lesson here? What did this experience teach me? And instead of making it about guilt and shame, oh, it taught me that I suck, it taught me that I'm a failure, it taught me I don't have discipline, I can't stick to anything, I always fail. (laughs) All of these self-limiting beliefs that our inner mean girl tries to convince us is true, instead, just be objective about it. Imagine a friend came to you and said, hey, you know, I was trying to stick to this really strict meal plan, I was only eating egg whites and broccoli, I couldn't stick to it, I feel like such a failure. You'd be like, well, duh, that's disgusting. (laughs) Of course you couldn't only eat egg whites and broccoli. Of course it's not sustainable. Try to zoom out, take a big picture look at your own life and try to be as objective as you can and say, okay, here are the reasons this didn't work for me. It's all a learning experience. And once you've reflected, we're ready to move on into choosing something that is more sustainable. 
I hate to sound like a broken record here, but this is literally why I wrote my book. My book is called Healthy and Happy, Find Food Freedom and Create the Body You Love. And I wrote it because I want it to be a manual from A to Z, from the very beginning of your journey, or if you're starting over, I want this to be the guidebook for you that you can always refer back to in your health and wellness journey, should you need it. So there is so much information in that book about how to operate that middle ground, how to stop living that all or nothing lifestyle. You even follow along with the eight week signature food freedom mentorship that I take my one-on-one clients through. You can do that self-guided or with a friend, but I'm gonna let you read that on your own. And today I'm just gonna give you a really small place to start. Because as we talked about in the last episode, how to stop feeling guilty for starting over, It's all about building small, sustainable habits, which again is not as sexy as follow this meal plan, eliminate every single food you've ever eaten in your life, sell your soul in order to lose five pounds. That's what we've been conditioned to believe works. And it's reinforced to us through social media and magazines and all these different things that we witness on a daily basis. But if there was some secret, everyone would know. Don't you think if there was some magical experience that we could just take a little pill or follow this one specific way of eating and just become our healthiest, happiest selves, don't you think everybody would just do it? Of course, but there's not. So we need to find your unique blueprint. I talk about this in my book, but becoming the detective of your own body to figure out what works best for you. So let's focus on really micro, tangible action steps because I want you to listen to this podcast every single episode, but especially today, walking away with at least one thing that you can do to start today. Not on Monday, not when you have everything figured out, not when you've done enough research, but let's just start so small that it's so easy that you can just do it today. Because it's great to talk about big picture and philosophy and let's operate in this middle ground and not live an all or nothing lifestyle. But when that's what you've known for maybe decades of your life, of course you're lost and confused when somebody says, okay, let's try to do this intuitively. Or let's try to find a way that works for you. You're like, okay, that sounds amazing. I would love to find food freedom, but where the heck do I start? Can you give me some direction? Yes, I can. That's why we're here today. I broke this down into five categories. And I'm going to allow you to choose which one pops out at you the most as a place to start. This is getting to know yourself and following your own path 101. Because you could literally start with any of these categories and start to see success. But I guarantee as I read them out to you, there is going to be one that pops out as like, yes, ugh, I've been avoiding doing that. I know that's the thing that I need to work on. So just listen to your intuition here. Really take a deep breath and lean in and really listen to which one pops out as you as the place to start. That's a good way to start listening to your body and what it needs. So here are the five categories that I want you to choose from. Sleep, movement, mindfulness, nutrition, and hydration. Now we could spend time talking about the hierarchy of importance here and which one is most important, but that's going to be individual for everyone. So don't think that the order I read them was the order that you need to start in. Which one pops out at you as, yes, I need help in that area now. If I were to make a change in that area, it would look like the lead domino that creates a ripple effect in the rest of my life. I'll read them again. Sleep movement, mindfulness, nutrition, and hydration. 
Let's go over some examples. I'll give you an example for each one just off the top of my head, just so you get an idea of where to start. The first category we talk about is sleep. So without getting too micro, too into your situation, a really solid idea is to push your bedtime 15 minutes earlier. For example, if you're somebody who goes to bed at midnight right now, and you wake up at 6 a.m., and you're only getting six hours of sleep, and you feel like garbage, that's probably not a good idea for your health. I have a whole section on sleep in my book that goes into the research of why we need sleep, not only for our hormonal function, but for our overall health and happiness and ability to just cope with life. You know how it feels to not get enough sleep. So if this is an area that you're focusing on, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to bed at midnight right now, my goal is to go to bed at 8 p.m., that's not realistic. That's not going to happen. And that's the reason that we aren't able to stick to these habits long term. So instead of saying, okay, I'm going to go to bed at eight, let's say your bedtime is midnight. The goal for this week or just tonight, let's just make it so micro that it's impossible not to do. Okay. You're going to go to bed at 1145. So whatever your situation is, if you're going to bed at 10 PM and you want to go to bed earlier, aim for 945 tonight and start there. What I personally would do is if I was trying to go to bed earlier, my bedtime is usually 10.30 or 11. I would say, okay, this week we're going to bed at 10.15. We'll see how that goes for the week. If I still need to work on that for another week because I wasn't able to do it every single night, I will do 10.15 again for the next week. If it's going well, I will bump it up to 10. So I take it in 15-minute increments, very slow, manageable chunks of time. Moving on to movement. We talked about this a lot in the Stop Feeling Guilty for Starting Over podcast. So again, go listen to that if you haven't. But you've probably been sold on the lie that you need to work out for an hour a day, five or six days a week in order for it to matter and count. That is simply not true. And not only is it not true, but it's not sustainable if that's not the amount of time that you're actually able to spend in your current season of life in the gym or on your fitness. So a really good place to start here is really be honest with yourself and ask yourself, how much movement am I doing on a weekly basis? Intentional movement, not just like, oh, I walk from my car into the grocery store. Of course, all of that adds up and counts, but we're talking about intentional movement, such as going for a walk or working out in the gym or doing yoga, whatever feels good for you, whatever form of movement you like. There's no one way of training here that's going to be the magic ticket for you because the way of training that is going to be the most effective is the one that you enjoy because the one that you enjoy is the one that you're going to be able to stick to long term. And that's what we're all about here. So be realistic. If you're not moving at all right now, let's set a goal today. Let's move our body intentionally for 15 minutes. I don't care what you do. You could do jumping jacks for 15 minutes. You could go for a 15 minute walk. You could do lunges and squats in your backyard for 15 minutes. You could pop on, literally go to YouTube and type in 15 minute yoga video. I love yoga with Adrian as an example. Or you could do 15 minute dumbbell workout, 15 minute cardio workout. Don't get so caught up in, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is the right thing to choose. Just do something. That's how we get started and start getting the ball rolling. We need to create momentum. And so the easiest way possible for you to create momentum is to create the lowest barrier to entry. Don't overthink, is this the right workout? Am I making the most of my time? Just move for the sake of moving and feeling good in your body. Start with once or twice a week for 15 minutes. Once you've mastered that, go up to 20 minutes two times per week or 30 minutes two times per week. Or if that doesn't work for you, you can do shorter periods of movement, but more frequently throughout the week. So find what works for you. But right now, if movement is your goal, I just want you to do 15 minutes today. Whatever tickles your fancy, that's what you're going to do today, okay? 
Next step is mindfulness. This one probably pops out at me as the one I need to work on because it's the one that I have the least practice and experience in. So if there's anything that I believe at this moment is going to create a ripple effect in my life, it's focusing on my mental health and my mindfulness and my ability to emotionally regulate. Now, mindfulness does not mean you have to meditate in a specific way. It doesn't mean that you have to download some sort of meditation app. Although I do love guided meditations. I'm a huge fan of Melissa Wood Health. I downloaded her seven-day free trial. This is not sponsored, but I downloaded her seven-day free trial last week because I wanted to start incorporating more Pilates into my workouts. And she has a whole section on mindfulness and meditation. So you can just pop in your headphones, follow along with those. She has ones that are as short as five, eight minutes. And that is an awesome place to start. I've been more consistent doing it with her because I really like her style. I've tried many different apps and you might have to do the same, but most of the meditation apps do have a free trial for you to try out. But sometimes even that step of downloading an app can feel very overwhelming because you have to pick which app you like and da 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 da. So let's just make this super simple. I got this idea from Emily Duncan on Instagram. I followed her for a really long time. I love her aesthetics. I love her vibe. She's amazing. But she said something so helpful. If you're trying to start out with mindfulness, pick one song and practice box breathing throughout the duration of the song. So most songs are only three, four, five minutes. And a lot of times we have trouble with meditation because of the stillness in our brain. We're not yet comfortable sitting with our own thoughts. So having a song to focus on, even if it's a rap song, whatever kind of song you want, you could even type in meditation music on Spotify or pick your favorite song. Let's just make it fun. Pick your favorite song right now. Maybe one that's more chill because I feel like that will get you more (laughs) in the vibe than like a hardcore rap song, but do you boo, whatever you need to do and just practice breathing throughout the song. So really easy way to do that is to do a five second inhale. So One, two, three, four, five. You hold your breath at the top for five, four, three, two, one. You exhale, five, four, three, two, one. And then with all of the air out of your body, you just hold that for five, four, three, two, one. I'm really annoyed with myself that the first time I said one, two, three, four, five, and then the rest were five, four, three, two, one. But I'm not re-recording it. So you get the picture. However you want to count, forwards, backwards, upside down, I don't care. The point is that you do it. So even after you're listening to this podcast, if you're in a space where you can just park your car before you go into the grocery store or you're sitting in your garage, we all know what that's like. You sit in your garage for 20 minutes or your driveway and you're scrolling on Instagram. Instead of doing that, pop on your favorite song and practice deep breathing throughout the duration of the song. And if that feels good for you and that works for you, you can do that every day. But again, we're starting micro. Let's just start today. I want you, if your goal is mindfulness, to do some form of mindfulness today, whether it's listening to the song or just deep breathing on your own or downloading an app and doing a quick meditation on there. Whatever feels right for you, I want you to start there. The next one is my bread and butter, no pun intended, nutrition. If you don't know what GPF is, baby girl, I need you to go back and listen to my GPF episode. I need you to read my book. I need you to look on my blog post about it. The book is honestly where the most up-to-date information about GPF is because I've expanded it since talking about it on the podcast and on my blog. I should probably update that, to be honest, because my philosophy about certain aspects of GPF have changed over the years. So if you want the most up-to-date information on GPF, which stands for greens, protein, fat, and fiber, check out that whole section on my book. That's pretty much the backbone of my book. But essentially, it's filling your plate with vegetables, deep leafy greens, which is the G, P, 
which is protein, F, which is healthy fats, and another F, which is fiber, fibrous carbohydrates. Even that, I understand for some people can feel very overwhelming because it's like, okay, well, what is a protein? What is a carb? What is a fat? I strongly encourage you to take some time to do that research for yourself and educate yourself about what each of those macronutrients are, which again, my book is a wonderful resource for that. But just for the sake of time today, as you're listening to this podcast, I want you tomorrow, because you're probably listening to this later in the day, tomorrow, I want you to pick a GPF breakfast. I will give you some examples. So number one, there's my GPF smoothie, which is my signature smoothie. I will link to that. You don't have to buy my book to get the recipe, although you can, but I do have a blog post about it. So I will link to that in the show notes, or you can just Google Julie Booer GPF smoothie and it'll pop up. That's one option. Another one of my go-to breakfasts is I'll have three whole eggs, a fourth of an avocado or half of an avocado, some kimchi, some arugula, and some goat cheese on top, lots of protein and healthy fats and fiber in that breakfast. Another one of my favorites is protein oatmeal. So it's a good way to zhuzh up your normal oatmeal. So what I'll do, and Leo loves this too, is I'll make oatmeal, I'll put chia seeds in there, flax seeds, hemp hearts, whatever I have on hand for some extra fiber and healthy fats. I'll usually do some sort of nut butter, like almond butter or peanut butter. I might do a little bit of protein, so whether it's a protein powder for myself or Greek yogurt for Leo, and usually some fresh fruit, so raspberries, blueberries, chop up some banana, maybe sprinkle with some walnuts for some more healthy fats. But those are three really easy breakfasts that you can start with. I have more breakfast recipes in my book. I have the egg muffins, I have the egg, sweet potato, and bacon skillet. Oh my gosh, you have to try that. That was so good. But I just tried to give you three super easy, simple breakfasts to start with. If you have any questions about that, you can please let me know. The last one we're going to talk about is hydration. Again, start small here. Don't say, okay, I'm going to drink a gallon of water if you're drinking one cup of water per day. I want you to take an honest inventory of how much water roughly you think you're drinking per day and just increase it by one cup. And by cup, I mean whatever you usually drink your water out of. So I don't literally mean like an eight ounce glass of water. For example, I have my Hydro Flask or I use my Yeti most often. So if I was increasing my water intake and that was a goal of mine, I would just say I'm going to have one more full Yeti cup, which I don't know, it's probably like 16 ounces. Take wherever you're at. That's the goal with all of these habits, the sleep, movement, mindfulness, nutrition, or hydration. It's taking a look at where you're at and making it so easy to start, making it almost laughable because you're like, okay, is that really going to make a difference to do 15 minutes of movement? Is that really going to make a difference to do deep breathing while I listen to a rap song? Is it really going to make a difference to have a healthy breakfast tomorrow? Oh, I probably don't have time to make it anyway. Is one more glass of water really going to matter? Is 15 more minutes of sleep really going to matter? Yes, it is. And you know why? Because it's these tiny shifts rather than these radical, huge, extreme shifts that actually add up to long-term success over time. Why is that? Because they're so easy to do that it becomes habitual. Extremes are not habitual. And that is the reason you haven't been able to stick to these extremes, like going to bed two hours earlier, moving for an hour, six days a week, or completely overhauling your diet, or whatever it happens to be. Those things have failed you for a reason. You are not a failure because those things have not worked out. Release the guilt, release the shame. Listen to my episode about stopping feeling guilty for starting over because we need to focus our energy on what matters most, which is today. What can I do today to make those small incremental changes? Because not only do those changes add up to bigger change over time, but it also helps you build your confidence. 
When you follow through with something that you say you're going to do, that is a surefire way to start to increase your confidence. And when you increase your confidence, you're more likely to trust yourself, to take on bigger goals eventually. But we have to start somewhere. And if your confidence is at an all-time low because you feel like you've been letting yourself down, the tips in today's episode are an awesome place to start building that confidence back up and to stop feeling guilty for needing to start over. Again, you're not really starting over. You have experience that you didn't have before you started last time. But I hope today's episode was helpful in helping you navigate how to eat or live in a way so that you don't need to keep starting over, so that this does become a sustainable lifestyle change that helps you feel healthy and happy for years and years to come. If you found this helpful, tag me on Instagram stories so I can know you're listening. If you have any questions, please shoot me an email or send me a DM on Instagram at Healthy Happy Podcast, and I will chat with you in the next episode. See ya! Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please head to iTunes and leave a review so more people can find the podcast. Be sure to tag me on your Instagram story so I can show you some love for listening. See you soon.